The Soccer Gambling Podcast is brought to you by EdgeBoost. EdgeBoost enables you to double your bet with no interest. Go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to get started today. Grealish again. 
And here's Holland and Gundogan. The flag's up. movement down the left, he's quite a bit of room now and Rodri looks for him Foden gets it down and gets another go as City shout for handball, the fans do anyway Foden across here's Bernardo Silva and he's just missed by Manu Akanji who was lurking with intent played short and there's room down the side for Ganacho Shaw with the ball in too high for Varane, McTominay and Ortega's out to save and it's hit the top of the bar and then over the bar. Corner Manchester United, it was very nearly a late, late level. Oh, it's all going off. Oh, and it was Rodri, was there just in front of McTominay. City double winners and as all the players have been saying now one more you are listening to bet mufc here on the soccer gambling podcast you can follow the soccer gambling podcast on twitter at sgp soccer that's at SGP Soccer. You can follow the Twitter account for BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. That's at BetMUFC. That will be particularly interesting over the summer as Manchester United are linked to every decent player under the sun whilst other Manchester United fan accounts pretend to know who all of these players are because I guarantee you 75% of these players will be unknown to casual football fans and it will just be their agents trying to increase their valuation so that they can get better deals at their clubs or possibly move on to other clubs and bring other clubs into the race. Realistically, Man United are going to have three or four targets this season and we won't be signing 50 players, even if we are overtaken by the Qataris. But we'll be giving you some analysis on that on the BetMUFC Twitter account. You can follow the Sports Gambling Podcast Network on Twitter as well. It's at the SGP Network. That's at the SGP Network. And finally, you can follow my all sports Twitter account as well. It is at LockBetting.com. That's at LockBetting.com. That's the Twitter account for the LockBetting Podcast and LockBetting.com. The pay service that has now delivered 120 months in a row of Transparent Track Profit. That means I have been undefeated in sports betting every single month for an entire decade. Every single spreadsheet is posted on the website lockbetting.com. If you just want to do your due diligence quickly and look at the PL from the previous month, look at the PL for the month of May. It's the pinned tweet on the Twitter account at lockbetting.com. That is the PL that meant we got to a decade of profit undefeated, 120 and oh, in winning months. So make sure you check that out before you even consider signing up for the service. I encourage you, I encourage you to do your research before you sign up for the service. And let me just mention as well, soon we'll be approaching futures season. Now, Lock Betting is a site that hits futures 
at over 80% all time. The biggest excuse I get for people not being able to play the futures is the fact that they can't get enough bankroll. They cannot get a big enough bankroll to get on all of the futures. Now, usually I don't have a very big bankroll requirement. We don't need that much money to come aboard my service or to tail my picks. But for future season, which is the EPL futures, the La Liga futures, the Serie A futures, the Bundesliga futures, and of course the NFL, you do need a bigger bankroll. And I know exactly where you can get that because this episode is supported by EdgeBoost. EdgeBoost is the world's first bet now, play later Visa card. Edge currently offers up to $2,500 in betting advances, which can be an extremely valuable tool. Imagine what you could do with that increased bankroll. Well, first of all, you could get down on all of these futures without tying up your bankroll for months. You can actually double down on your favorite bet as well, or you can use it to create an awesome middle or even a hedge. Some of you are saying, yuck, I'm certainly not. I believe that hedging is key en route to making a profit in sports betting. Also, Edge Boost isn't some sleazy loan shark as they charge 0% interest. Do you know any other way you can access more money to place on your favorite bets without paying any crazy interest? Well, this is 0%. Edge Boost can also be part of a responsible gambling plan as you can set up daily, weekly, or monthly limits across all your betting accounts in one place. Support SGPN and grow your bankroll by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge to sign up. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash edge. To do this, you must be 21 or older. If you have a gambling problem, don't do this and instead call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Before we move on and hear my thoughts about the FA Cup final and about the season in general, let's have a listen to our friend and our leader, Eric Ten Hag, who I think has led us to a very, very good season. We have overachieved. Will it be dampened by Manchester City winning the treble? Of course it will. It will always be remembered for that, for the season where City equaled what we did in 1999. But at the end of the day, that's out of our hands. The only thing that was in our hands was the FA Cup final, and I thought we played okay. But we'll hear more about what I have to say about it after Eric Ten Hag. So let's have a listen to this. Eric, it wasn't to be in the end, but what did you make of the performance overall? I think we played um, very good. Um, we stopped City to play. Very good organisation. Everyone did his job. And in possession, uh, we created we created some, some things. We could have done better in possession, I know, uh, but that is also the next step we have to make. But I don't think today is the day we have expressed criticism because we we played today a great game and a, and a fantastic season. Especially after such a shock start, to come back after that must be uh, must have pleased you. Yes, because that is another progress uh, during the season. We had some um, Liverpool away. Now we stick to the plan. We stayed calm and we fought back and. Against City, that's a big compliment because we are the only team in the world who fought back against, who come back after you get a goal down. I mean, there was nothing in the game in the second half. Were you, were you very hopeful that we'd get an equaliser? Yes, we, we had our opportunities with Garnacho, with Rashford a shot, with, uh, in the end with uh, two headers. Um, so we had our opportunities to get the equaliser. You've got a great rapport with Manchester United fans, and I think they were pretty proud of the overall performance today. But I guess 
you really wanted to win, didn't you? I hope. I, I was, and I said to players, I was very proud of my team. Not only today, but today, especially how they fought, how they stick together, how they were disciplined in the defending organization. Um, that was brilliant. I know it's difficult now after a defeat, but the progress overall, we've played 62 games, we've gone a long way in all these competitions. Overall, the progress this season, are you satisfied? Uh, if you consider that uh, City has only one win more, and that is today, uh, that shows uh, where we are, uh, that we have played a great season. Enjoy the summer. Thank you very much. Thank you. So there you go. That's our guy, Eric Ten Hag, talking about the cup final. Talking about the overall season, look, it was a season of overachievement. Should Man United be at that point where we're talking about a third place finish and a trophy and an FA Cup final being overachievement? No, we should never have got to this point. When you look back at the days of Sir Alex and where we are now, it shouldn't have got to this point. But we can't keep doing that. We can't keep looking back to the days of... Sir Alex and crying about where we are now. We've made some bad decisions. We've made some poor managerial appointments. We've made some poor managerial firings. I felt like Louis van Gaal was on the verge of maybe getting things right. I didn't think we were as far back as we are now under Louis van Gaal. And also, don't forget, Jose Mourinho finished second with a very, very average squad that desperately needed some investment. And instead, we got rid of Mourinho. Now, I don't think Manchester United want to play that brand of football, a brand of football that has followed Mourinho on from United to Tottenham to Roma that we saw. Um, we saw how they played the Europa League final a few Wednesdays back. But ultimately, this club have made some very poor decisions and very poor signings. And we are where we are. And to go from where we were at the end of last season and forget where we were at the end of last season. Let's look at where we were after we were embarrassed by Brentford 4-0 in the second game of the season. The odds of Manchester United winning the league moved out past 100-1. to The odds of Manchester United finishing in the top four moved out to 12-1. to So when you look at that, what we've achieved after two games was a plus 1,200 situation. And Eric Ten Hag turned it around from plus 1,200 odds, so if we're going to use gambling here on this gambling show, that in itself makes this a monumental achievement. Going into that FA Cup final, another interesting stat. Manchester United at the start of the season were 40-1 to to win both the EFL Cup and the FA Cup. Manchester City were 20-1 to to win the treble. So that just tells you how... People looked at Manchester United at the start of the season and where we are now. Have there been some bad defeats? Yeah, the Liverpool game was shocking. The performance against Manchester City away was shocking. Obviously, the Brentford game, which um, resulted in a turnaround shortly after, was shocking as well. So there have been some bad results. There have been some concerning results. But at home, we've been solid. We've turned Old Trafford into a fortress again. It hasn't been a fortress since Sir Alex left. David Moyes, when he took over after Sir Alex, his sides were getting beaten there for fun. We completely lost all of our aura at Old Trafford immediately under David Moyes. And I understand David Moyes has had a great week as the West Ham manager and he's achieved something great with that club. But he wasn't a great manager for us. And obviously, um, a lot of people would argue that he wasn't given enough time. I, I, I won't. Like, for us to be outside of the top four when he inherited, inherited a team who won the Premier League the season before under Sir Alex... The sacking was justifiable, in my opinion. That was a disaster, and it set us 
onto this road where we are now. Some people say the, the writing was on the wall even when Sir Alex was there and winning the Premier League in the last season was almost a miracle in itself and one of Sir Alex's biggest achievements. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe this team haven't been the same since Cristiano Ronaldo signed for Real Madrid. But ultimately, we were still successful at that point. We were still winning Premier Leagues and that's something we haven't done since 2013. And it hasn't looked likely... And I'm not even saying it looks likely now under Eric Ten Hag, but we are in the best position that we've been in since Sir Alex left, in my opinion. With the players that we've got in there, we've got some serial winners in that team. When you're looking at the likes of uh, Fernandez, Rashford, Varane, Casemiro, and I understand Rashford hasn't won much in his career, but he has that mentality of a winner. We have big clubs sniffing around Marcus Rashford at the moment, trying to see if he will or won't sign the contract. I think he will. I hope he will. Um, we've got Ganacho committed to the club for the next five years. He has a huge future, providing he doesn't go down the same path as, as Mason Greenwood. I don't think we've seen the best of Anthony yet. I think Luke Shaw has established himself as one of the best fullbacks in the world once again, and he's a player that can also play competently at centre back. Our, goal peak, our goalkeeping situation is the problem and our squad depth is a huge problem and the lack of a number nine. We do need to sign a goal scorer this season. We cannot be playing Marcus Rashford out of his best position and down the middle to compensate for that fact. We need to play wide players wide and we need to sign a number nine. That needs to be a priority. Cover for Casemiro and Eriksen in midfield needs to be a priority. Both of them can't play all the games. Casemiro looked gassed towards the end of the season and he continually gets suspended. Christian Eriksen was terrible when he came back from injury. He had a bad FA Cup final. I don't remember him having many good games since he came back. So we definitely need central midfield cover. I would be looking to go back into the market for Frankie de Jong. I know Barcelona needs some money. I know we desperately need a ball carrier. So that would be somebody that I would be looking to invest in in the summer. At the back, we could do with some more cover. If we can get any money for Harry Maguire, anything over 25 million would be a bonus. Then we can invest in a new centre-back, a new fourth centre-back to provide us some cover for our first-choice pairing of Martinez and Varane and perhaps even provide some competition in that position. The goalkeeping, that needs to change. I think it's time for David De Gea to go. He has been a solid goalkeeper, but he has not moved on with the times. Sweeper keepers are what people want. And stylistically, if you look at the way Eric Ten Hag tried to play with Ajax, that's what Manchester United need to evolve into now as well. He also makes far too many mistakes in big games. We did not win the Europa League against Villarreal because David, David De Gea conceded 11 straight penalties. That's completely unacceptable for a world-class goalkeeper. And there's a reason why he isn't ranked even in the first nine goalkeepers for Spain. There was a 60-plus man squad called up for a warm weather training camp for Spain's World Cup preparation. David De Gea wasn't in it. He wasn't even considered by Spain. Why? Why do you think that is? Because he's an old school goalkeeper. He's a shot stopper, but he's a shot stopper who started to make critical mistakes. He's the reason we lost in the Europa League to Sevilla. That was a competition that was there for the taking. It's been won by Sevilla, a team that we absolutely battered and played off the park at Old Trafford. We had that game won in the first leg. We had that game won after 88 minutes before we capitulated and then conceded five straight goals in the tie. It was completely unacceptable. We are far far better team than Sevilla. We should have been winning the Europa League. We should have been playing in the Europa League final last Wednesday. That was a disastrous result for Manchester United. One of the worst of the season. I ranked that above the game against Liverpool because that was just a Premier League game. Yeah, we gave the bragging rights to Liverpool to say they beat us 7-0, but the big picture wasn't that important because we're playing in the Champions League and Liverpool playing in the Europa League. And that's the bottom line. And that's a sour, sour pill 
that they need to swallow because we will be playing Champions League football next season and they won't. So Sevilla was a far more disastrous and bitter result for me this season as I really felt like we could have won that competition. The FA Cup final is the FA Cup final. I felt that Manchester United played well. But what can you do when your goalkeeper hands Manchester City the game on the plate? They're difficult enough to play play against in the first place. Then you can see the goal after 12 seconds and your goalkeeper doesn't move for it. Then you get back into the game. Was it a gift? Was it not a gift? The rules are the rules. People saying that that's an unfair penalty. Haven't been watching any football this season or have been in a coma because that was a clear-cut penalty if you look at the definition of the current rules. And I didn't write the rules and Man United didn't write the rules and Ten Hag didn't write the rules. So we got ourselves back into the game. We had a better team towards the end of the second half. And then David De Gea makes a absolutely critical mistake. He lets Gundogan have a shot that bounces about three or four times before it goes into the back of the net. From that point, we're chasing a game against the best team in Europe once again. Manchester United still, after that, had chances to get back into the game. Ganacho was great when he came on. He was dangerous. They didn't know how to play against him. They were backing off and backing off and backing off, and he almost scored. He almost got us the equaliser. And then towards the end of the game, I don't know how Scott McTominay puts that open goal over the bar, but the fact we're talking about losing 2-1 to Manchester City, the fact we're talking about going a goal down after 12 seconds, the fact that we're talking about two mistakes by our goalkeeper, the second second one being an absolute joke and still almost leveling that game up near the end of the game just before injury time that tells you that Manchester United put out a decent performance in this FA Cup final and things look good for next season so I'm looking forward to it I deem this season a success all I wanted to do this season was finishing the top four a trophy is a huge bonus an FA Cup final is a huge bonus the Europa League was a huge disappointment but we know that we were the best team in that competition and uh, it's onward and upwards for next season. That's it for me and this edition of Bet MUFC. Don't forget, there will be other recap shows before we close out this season. There will be a Scamessa Italia recap show. There will be an EPL recap show and there will even be a Champions League recap show looking at the teams in the Champions League next season. On all of these shows, we're going to take a ridiculously early look at the futures markets and BetMUFC will be the first podcast back because obviously, as I said, Man United are going to be ridiculously linked to a number of players. We're going to break down who we want, who we don't want. And obviously, we're going to be looking at this takeover talk. As I'm recording this show, which I have delayed until Thursday evening, um, there is talk of a final offer being submitted by the Qataris. This is their fifth offer and they've said it's their final offer. So if the Glazers are going to sell and we are going to have new owners and huge investment for next season... It has to happen with this offer from what we're hearing. So that's going to be interesting to follow when we come back. Until then, good luck with all of your bets as always, guys. And thanks for listening.